With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Daily. It's the Ashes edition. It's Adelaide day-night test, day one. That means Paul and I are recording very late and putting our marriages on the line for cricket as usual. Good evening, Paul. How are you? Good evening, Menas. I'm good. I'm good. Um, it was hot today at Adelaide and they worked hard, but I don't think they've worked as hard as me. I was, um, I had lots of things I had to do in terms of um, supervising things and various things. And anyway, I went in a media blackout. I came back, I uh, fast forwarded through every ball and I basically caught up to live just before stumps. So I feel like I've watched an entire day's play in about three hours. To me, it was a really fast scoring day. I think to mm. most people it wasn't though. <laughs> Um, a lot of the action really was before play. I mean, what a stunning start. Well, for those tuning in, Australia are two for 221 at Stumps on the first day. Australia's captain, Steve Smith, won the toss. Martin Slabashane's 95 not out. Smith's 18 not out. Warner's was dismissed for 95. Harris, three. Um, but just w- what an incredible start to the day. What, what was your reaction when you heard the news about Cummins? Oh, I couldn't believe it. I thought he must have been injured at first. Um, and then, oh, no, when I say I couldn't believe it, nothing would surprise in these times. Like, as soon, within a few seconds of, he- of hearing it, I went from not being able to believe it to thinking, oh, that was probably predictable, the, the, the mad world in which we live. Uh, and then I felt sorry for him. You know, he doesn't deserve that. He's, you know, um, they say cricket's a great leveller, but this is pretty starkly illustrated that, couldn't have had a better debut, and now he's spending six days in a small Adelaide hotel room. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, pretty, it's... um, 
it's pretty I mean, rough. I mean, so f- for those that tuned in, what transpired was Pat Cummins went to a restaurant last night while he was sitting there eating. Someone next to him at another table uh, got a message saying they tested positive to COVID, and therefore uh, Cummins knew straight away he was a close contact. He left the restaurant immediately, and and then what? happened overnight was eventually it was realized he had to be ruled out of the test match and i think you know your overall point is right that in these covid times i mean we saw a whole england team ruled out in the english summer so we shouldn't be surprised at a play but the fact that it's pat cummins after captaining for one test um should be ruled out of his second and then the the follow-on effect is you know it's the return of steve smith to the captaincy it was it was just an incredible um tumultuous couple of hours it sure was and it sort of um makes me think that we got a bit lucky as well because if this guy had found out about his covid positive test the next morning um you know maybe Cummins would never have been contacted and we would have been blissfully unaware of a bullet dodged. Or, worst-case scenario, let's just say that Cummins has picked up COVID from this guy, which it doesn't look like he has because he's tested negative initially, but it's still not impossible. You know, if he'd gone and gone into the dressing room, the whole ashes could be off. And I think it it's very hard to work out what's going to happen going forward. But when they get to Sydney, um, there's already talk that Sydney could be having 25,000 cases a day by the end of January, Will the cricket authorities need to start to put them back into bubbles? The players won't want to, but uh, yeah, it raises a lot of questions as to um, worst case scenario, will the Ashes completely, you know, will all five test matches be completed? I I think they will be, but you're right. Conditions might change for the cricketers in what they're able to do. And you say dodge the bullet. Uh, I think wasn't it Stark and Lyon sat outside at the same restaurant? So had they been at the same table with Cummins, we would have had Cummins, Stark and Lyon ruled out. And then who would you have playing? You would probably have to delay the test match just to to get bowlers in for Australia. Um, But but what do you think? That's their protocol that they were required to not eat together. Um, Mm. And. I mean, Cummins did, did nothing wrong, and there are very few cases in South Australia, but I suppose maybe maybe a gentle protocol would have been try to eat outdoors when you can. Yeah. Um, and then I think what, what really was incredible was the fact that, you know, when Smith was given the vice captaincy, there was so much talk about, you know, what would happen when the situation arose that he had to take the captaincy. And I actually think it was a blessing in disguise that it happened at the last minute like this, that there there wasn't a lot of time for debate. There wasn't a lot of time for discussion about it. It, it, it just happened so quickly, and which, you know, could have happened, you know, could have been Cummins pulling a hammy, but the fact is it just really saved Smith from all that. And I think now um, we're over that hump. I hope so. And, you know, we each send out tweets independently of, our, of each other today expressing our belief that Smith is entitled to be captain. And, you know, he, he did the wrong thing. He had a colossal punishment for it. Let's move on. We do that in every other form of life that, um, you know, you've done the time, you've paid whatever the, the phrase is. Um, and I I really don't get people who say that he should never have been allowed to, to be captain again. I understand those who draw a line in the difference in the treatment between what Warner had happened in terms of the total leadership ban and Smith. I, I also agree now that the Warner total leadership ban was misguided mis, was misguided, and they should relax that. But that's kind of not to do with Smith. I think that, um, that, that Smith is entitled to captain again, and, and people need to settle down about it. Mm. There'll be a lot of... Um... 
whatever that expression was um, during um, the day and night test coverage as we record later and later. Um, look, um, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, so, so Australia were forced into bringing um, Michael Nisa in um, to the 11. So that's a great story. I mean, someone that, you know, he, he may, as someone, I think Kerry O'Keefe said, he may never have played a test if it wasn't for today. You think about a sliding doors moment. He missed out to Richardson today. Things change in a year or two. Maybe he's injured. You know, it, it just, this could be a life changing moment for Nisa. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I sent out a tweet saying Hazelwood and Cummins are our two best bowlers. Um, yet, remarkably or incredibly, we actually don't lose that much with Richardson and Nisa. That's how good Richardson and Nisa are. They've both been in incredible form this season. It actually strengthens the batting. And yeah, I mean, if Nisa gets the pink ball in his hand at the right time and plows through them, um, talk about a life-changing moment. Actually, Kerry O'Keefe on Foxtel, he told the story of how it happened to Pat Cummins, but it was a joke. And I'm not sure that everyone in the audience would have realized that he was joking. He said, yeah, actually... Uh, the, the name of the cricketer who was sitting with has been revealed. It's Terry Nisa, Michael's brother. And as soon as he shook hands with Pat, a minute later, he stood up and said, I'm positive, I'm positive. And <laughs> he should have said, I'm joking, because I think some people who might have only been half paying attention wouldn't have got it. Well, my, my joke was going to be to Smith plant, Smith's agent planted someone <laughs> at the next table with COVID. Um, so you're a stats man. So this is the first time in nearly 64 years that Australia have had three different captains in three different test matches, Payne, Cummins, Smith. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I remember um, seeing someone say, is this the first time? And I went to have a look and it's something that the cricket databases um, don't actually withdraw they don't yield that result easily so i thought oh rick fenley will have it and rick fenley duly did tweet it out apparently happened four times back 120 130 years ago so yeah um you wouldn't have you would have got pretty good odds if someone had said to you um the day of the sandpaper gate incident that i think the order of australian captains will be smith then tim payne then pat cummins and then back to smith (laughs) you're right um (laughs) do you have a stat of the day for us paul Yes, the start of the day, uh, two, really. Um, one of them is that right now, as we stand at the crease, if you um, make it a minimum of 40 innings, as I do, just my own unilateral decision, in terms of what should count as a minimum for a, a test your test figures to count towards your career average, we have at the crease the second and third um, highest averages of all time. Um, Bradman, 99.94. Lava Shane is now 64 point one eight and smith 61.54 i might have to start and i do not want to do this because i really like lava shane but to protect bradman that's my ultimate you know goal in life is to ensure <laughs> that that, <laughs> that that enormous chasm exists and i'm a bit nervous like i might have to start cheering lava shane on to fail that's a that's a horrible position to have to be in but um uh, mate you got 25 runs there 35 mate don't don't short oh yeah 35 sorry yeah. <laughs> it's late um that, and then my other stat is um in terms of fastest to 2000 runs oh I like going, this one. i've got this too yeah that you can depends whether you do it as in terms of innings or test matches but yeah in terms of test matches the fastest to 2000 runs um bradman 15 george headley 17 and now Manus Labashane, 20. So the third fastest to 2,000 runs ever. In terms of innings, he's slightly lower down the list. Um, but uh, 
absolutely incredible. Um, you know, and congratulations to Justin Langer and to the Australian selectors for for bringing him in because they saw something in him, as it's often said, that the stats didn't really reveal. I think when he was first picked in that Pakistan tour, I, I hope that those podcasts we did then no longer exist because I'm sure I would have said, what a ridiculous selection. I, I remember um, actually, I remember we were spewing because Maxwell wasn't picked. And I remember we were going, how can you, well, I remember saying, how can you pick some guy called Manus, you know, Labuscagni probably uh, instead of Glenn Maxwell? If <laughs> someone on Twitter said that that'll be on the epitaph of his and my tombs, like that's what we <laughs> 40 years, oh, I should be picking Maxwell, get him in the side, he should be opening, he should be captain. But I also think that then after that 2019 breakthrough summer in England at the start of 2019 20, we you said, let's pick our biggest flop of the season. I picked Labashane. I don't know why, because I've got nothing against him, he's one of my favorite players, but um, anyway, so I'm delighted, <laughs> delighted that he's doing so well, and um. Yeah, what a day. That's your start uh, of the a, day. Well, well yeah. let's go back to the England team. I mean, they, they made the big changes that we were all hoping for or thinking they would do. They dropped Leach. They bring in Broad, Anderson um, to bowl with Wokes, Robinson and Stokes. What did you think? They're getting a bit of criticism for that now, but I can't criticise them because it's exactly what I would have done. Um, I think that I would have said, let's as would bowl better than I thought he would do in the first test. But I still wanted for this test Anderson, Broad, and Wokes, and Robinson, um, and you know, Warren is making the point that with five seamers, do they really need five seamers? A spinner could have been handy. It's a valid point, um, but I just think, you know, at the end of the day, they, they they could have been in a better position. They dropped a few catches. They bowled so many balls that weren't mm-hmm. hitting the stumps. Um, so they bowled well. But and this is what annoys me about them. They do this so often that they, you know. You certainly couldn't say they bowled badly today, but there were over after over after over where they didn't quite threaten the stumps often enough. Um, I sent you that um, photo if you want to put it up. Um, I will do. Look at us getting super tech here. So this is from Fox So For those listening, we've got a picture up of uh, the England pace attack and a lot of the balls are missing the stumps. So they've got um, green balls that are missing the stumps and red balls that are hitting the stumps. And they've got... This was sort of like two-thirds of the way through the day, so it would have changed. But 236 balls missing the stumps and only 13 hitting the stumps. And I was about to say, this is the worst thing I've ever seen, except to me, the graphic seems a bit wrong because some of those green balls that are supposedly missing the stumps look like they're cannoning into the stumps. So anyone out there who's watching live and can explain that to me, please send it in the comments. But be that as it may, whatever the way you look at it, they bowled far too many balls that were missing the stumps and they almost always do. Now, I understand if you bowl lots and lots of balls that are hitting the stumps, you get driven for four. But, you know, the balance was wrong, I think. Oh, yeah, most certainly they got the length wrong. Um, uh, just a note, uh, Stuart Broad played his 150th te- test match um, in this match, and he's the 10th player to do that. And uh, that is incredible for a fast bowler to play 150 test matches. So um, congratulations to him. Yeah. He got the first wicket. Marcus Harris um, caught down the leg side. Um, what Butler a catch. took a catch. It showed the importance of having a top-quality wicketkeeper, didn't it? It showed you must Ooh. have. You've got to select for a Gloveman because if he can catch something like that, he's not going to drop sitters, is he? <laughs> oh, no, they would have been much better off having Ben Folks out there today for sure. Um <laughs> 
So, I mean, you know, it was a really slow day. So halfway through the second session, Australia were just one for 77. You know, that that's uh, the, the overrate was slow, but that's still slow going. Uh, Warner got to 50 off 108 deliveries. Um, you know, it was a grind for the Aussie batsmen. There were no easy runs, but as you say, probably also not many deliveries that um, maybe we're going to get them out. Not enough, yeah. And um, uh, Stuart Broad was actually interviewed on Foxtel at one of the uh, drinks breaks and on Spidercam, and he said that the pitch was a lot slower than they had expected. So that probably was part of the reason for the for the low scoring round. And I think, again, the Australians had decided the one thing we don't want to do is get caught playing on the up outside off stump, so they were willing to let a lot of balls go. There's that intriguing part in the middle of the day where Ben Stokes was adopting kind of like a body line um, mm. attack with – uh, fielders in uh, unusual positions. They had like a short leg, a square leg, and a deep backward square, all three in a row, and a, a fine leg and a whitish mid-wicket, and he was peppering in the short balls. And even a couple of times, um, uh, Labashane sort of backed away and cla- cla- clattered him, tried to clatter him through the offside. And um, Kerry O'Keefe said, that's like Bradman, and that's exactly what Bradman did doing, during body line. It was, um, it was quite remarkable uh, watching it. Warner did it once or twice, uh, sort of, a little bit as well. So uh, it almost worked. It should have worked because they had... Um, Labashain dropped, um, pulling the ball down the leg side where uh, poor old um, Butler dropped a catch that was nowhere near as difficult as the one they'd actually caught. Yeah, I remember one particular shot Labashain hit off Stokes where he just stepped away and slapped it to the point boundary, and I thought that's one hell of a shot. I have to say I thought David Warner played exceptionally well today. I mean, for me, that was just such a high-quality opener's innings. In the first test, he looked a bit scratchy, but this test, he looked in control. I mean, a few balls beat the bat, but he didn't actually wave at them. He just held his line with his defensive shot, and they went past, but he he guts it out and then there are a few times they pitched it up and he just hit them over the top so you know i sort of criticizing his bowlers for bowling too short warner didn't make it easy because whenever they did pitch it up to him he went after them so it was a, a really top innings from him and i was so disappointed when he slapped that ball straight to cover off stokes to get out for 95 that's two test matches in a row in the 90s and uh yeah really disappointing but a great innings i'm surprised they caught it broad caught it i thought he was going to drop it um Yes, and it wasn't that long ago. How long ago was it? I don't know, two months that I remember Jared Waitley was sort of opening up the opening line to say, should Bro- should Warner be dropped? He'd failed a couple of times in the warm-up games. If you'd said, oh, look, mate, I reckon he'll be player of the tournament and you'll get a 90 in each of the first two Ashes tests, everyone would have laughed at you. But uh, I- I'm really happy for him. I think it's a wonderful return to form. And I don't think he was ever as much out of form as people think. Um, yeah, he's a f- fantastic player. So, yeah, good on him. Yeah, top inning. So when he was out, Smith came to the crease and he and Marnus really battled through that last hour and a bit. Smith was 18, not out of 71 deliveries. I think in 35 tests as captain, he's made 17 centuries. So um, look out England tomorrow. That's an imposing record. What did you think of Broad, of, of, um, of Root bowling with a sort of a leg stump line? And I, I know he was bowling to try to bring on the 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 new ball but they've got five seamers in the side it's under lights with the pink ball and you've got a part better than part-time and there there is a little bit in the pitch but bowling that sort of leg stump line um i just i don't know i just think it felt like the wrong thing to be doing yeah, I don't criticise him for that. I was just about to say, I actually think they did well to get through 89 of the 90 overs. And I think it was just one of those things that, um, you know, you you want 
you sort of part-timer bowling those overs with the softball leading up to the new ball. And it, it just happened to be under lights because, you know, he lost the toss. So I don't think there was much he could do about it. That's the risk you take when you don't have a frontline spinner. Um, and I actually commend them for really hustling in that last session because when they started, I thought, these fuckers are going to be five, six over short again. And they, they got to within one over. So that, that was, um, you know, good effort from them. Yes. Um, oh, fair enough. Yeah, but, um, all right. Yeah, so was... go on. No, you go. You go. Well, I was going to give my good day, bad day. And then I thought we could do the questions and then I could wrap go this up and go to bed. Save so my marriage, good, go. <laughs> my good day. I thought Michael Nisa, uh, just as I outlined before, I mean, he would have woken up this morning, uh, thinking he was going to be running on and off the field with Gatorade for the next five <laughs> days. And he's now got a baggy green. No one can ever take that away from him. Awesome. And, and we'll get to see that. And my bad day has to be Joss Butler, uh, two drop yeah. catches off Marnus. So if he, he dropped a catch, what, with about 15 minutes to go of Jimmy Absolute Anderson. Sitter. Yeah, Marnus just outside edge would have been out for 95, would have been two players out for 95. And, um, yeah, that, that just sums up England. It is Pommy Bingo, you got to admit. Like, this is ticking every box um, you you would want if you, uh, for an Aussie fan. Were you watching the Channel 7 coverage when they did that? No, I was watching. Um, I was watching uh, Fox on the. Um, they showed the replay of the actual commentators, and Ian Botham uh, looked aghast when he dropped it. It was like, oh, it was like more animation than I've seen from him in ten years. And my cynical self thought they must have said, "Look, let's get some really good reactions from you guys when there is a a, a close thing, so that we can you know pretend that you really care, Beefy." Because I just don't think he cares. I think he's just very relaxed and. <laughs> He's thinking about it, getting tucking into some uh, Ian Botham wines as soon as um play finishes. Yeah, Channel Seven. I did watch earlier, and they had um, you know, things that were happening when England last won a test in Australia, and they went back ten years. And uh, Gillard was Prime Minister, Cameron was Prime Minister of England, and they just went through all these things. It was rather amusing. That um, quite funny. All right, so let's fire through some of these questions. We're not going to go through the comments, but good question here from Joshua Duncan. How many mm. games do you think Harris will be given considering they have backed him from the start? Now, I saw some damning stats about Harris online that he's he's one of Australia's worst all-time openers, one of statistically in history all time. I mean, what do you think, Paul? They can't keep this going for much longer. He looks like a shot duck. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he, he might succeed in the second innings, but assuming that he fails in the second innings, look, if Australia were to lose this test and he fails in the second innings, I think he's gone. If Australia win this test and he fails in the second innings, they will be under enormous pressure to drop him. But they might say, look, if we drop him now, it'll make it seem like we picked him without much conviction. They might still give him one more. Um, but my my... 50-50s, I think they probably will drop him. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, if he comes out in the second innings and saves his career, but I will see. I think Matthew Hayden had a similar um, innings in Adelaide against the West Indies when he, he looked like his test career was about to end and he scored 100. So, you know, maybe Harris can do it. And last one, Ray, PMB9. Adelaide curator should be banned. No swing or spin. Absolute road. I think that's very unfair criticism. I thought it was a fine wicket. The pink ball can get a bit dead in daylight hours. And yeah, I didn't see anything wrong with the wicket. Paul, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'll judge it at the end of the match. 
um, I think that it would have been nice for it to have a little bit more pace and a, a little bit more greenness. Um, they were saying that last time around there'd been a lot more rain in the lead up and so that's why it was a bit greener. Well, why not water it if that's the case? Um, I, I think it could have been a bit greener and a bit more and been a little bit more lively. Um, but it, it looks like it's going to spin um, and, and that, that, that will be entertaining. I still don't think that, that it's going to be a draw. I still think we're going to get a result. I've just had a question through on the text line, my private text line from a mate who's watching, and he asked the question, how is an Aussie captain at a restaurant? And it is an interesting one. We posed the question at the beginning, but whether Cricket Australia puts regulations in, will some of the players take it upon themselves to isolate in their rooms just so they don't miss the ashes? Uh, yeah, I think it's one of these ones that now they wish they they obviously had those in, but the the number of cases in South Australia has been low. And the, so I think that the, you know, you don't want to sort of make them in cages. If you'd said, like, you've mm. got to stay in your hotel rooms, then they would have been like, well, come on, everyone else in the city is going out. Oh, no, but I mean, will they do it themselves? Like, will some of the players... No, no, I'm, like... I'm answering, the, I'm answering the, the listener's question, not yours. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm asking, um, though, will they? Will they now go... Like, will someone like Smith go, I don't want to miss a test match. I'm, I'm going to get Uber Eats. Uh, I think there's a chance, certainly once they leave Adelaide and head to Melbourne, where there are a lot more cases, and then Sydney, if, if, the, if the trajectory continues where it's just looking like it's like it's getting out of control in Sydney, certainly I'd be, um, you know, for, 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 you know, I don't want to get the virus for health reasons, but also, as you say, the last thing you want to do is miss a, a test match because of, of, of being in proximity with someone. Um, so, yes, sadly... Um, this virus continues to confound us. Exactly. All righty. Well, um, look, I think we should wrap this up, Paul. You know, the virus is confounding us. The cricket's confounding the palms. It's a good note to to finish on. <laughs> um, so thanks, everybody, that have watched on YouTube. Thanks, everybody, that have listened. Remember, Cricket Daily is coming out after every day of the Ashes. You can listen on our podcast feed. You can watch on YouTube. So um, plenty of ways to consume Cricket Daily. And, yeah, um, catch up after day two. See ya. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.